Welcome to Love in the Time of COVID-19. Join host Sissy Sierro, a distracted creative who is finally getting it together, and a chorus of friends, family, neighbors, strangers, and colleagues sharing poignant, honest, humorous, and sometimes harrowing accounts of life, loss, love, and restoration during the pandemic. The podcast series mission is to create a welcoming space for a new community, one we never knew we needed. So pull up a lawn chair, at a safe distance, of course, and listen to the stories about ourselves and each other. Welcome, all of you, to my virtual neighborhood. I'm Sissy Sierro, your host, but really I'm acting as more of a curator for the stories of our lives. This show is about all of us. It's for you, for me, for anyone who needs to speak, scream, rant, joke, cry, or whatever. We're all here together and we need to hear you, your story, to know a slice of how you're doing right now, right here today. And since I use my voice in business, I got the idea to offer to read other people's stories. Some don't have the means or just don't want to hear the sound of their own voices. The very process of collecting stories from around the neighborhood and around the world is cheering me up, and I'm very grateful to all of the contributors. As we get into the next episodes, I'll be enlisting some talented voiceover colleagues to read your stories too, and to hopefully share some of their own. Speaking of which, I want to thank a longtime pal, music composer, engineer, and producer extraordinaire, and talented voiceover artist Simon Tassano for his spirited introduction. Some tech notes, you'll hear different audio quality and sound throughout, and that's intentional. Stories are coming to me in both written form and as audio shares. I'll let you know how to get your stories to me later in the show. So here we go, love in the time of COVID-19. Letter from Austin. I posted a selfie on Instagram wearing a homemade mask heading into Costco. The look in my eyes says it all. It simply disturbs me a little deeper with every major shift, like when another daily habit or ritual flies off the board. I keep remembering my mom, regaling me with stories of her childhood during the Great Depression and during World War II, hiding next to the stove reading, the kitchen dimly lit. A warm glow from streetlights through the newspaper-covered windows. How they finally got used to air raid sirens going off at night. I think I finally get what she was talking about. I don't think I've ever had this level of stress before. Austin is still mostly fine, if in general unsure about where we all are, and where we'll be when and if the full force of the roiling wave hits us. There's a palpable tilting back and forth between anxiety and laissez-faire. Getting home. Our airline had canceled our flights, so we had to shop for new flights, and many of the routes looked dismal, with three stops, all in airports I didn't want to be in. Meanwhile, the panic appeared to set in for lots of folks who are scared. We're all scared, and I felt it well up inside me, every day a debilitating fear. We had so many conversations about which decisions we are making in fear and in our discomfort with uncertainty. Nobody is comfortable with uncertainty, and then with life-or-death circumstances, it's almost impossible to sort out the fearful responses from the beneficial ones. The Market Trip in Portugal Okay. Well, we, we get to the supermarket on the bicycles, then we get in line. 
50 people at a time can go in. So I was in the first round, but I missed it by four. Then I got into the uh, grocery store finally, 25 minutes later, bought $85 worth of groceries. Well, or 85 euros worth of groceries is a lot of groceries. I mean, it's meat, it's, you know, tonic water, it's vodka, it's, you know, it's grapefruit, it's it's cantaloupe, it's, it, I go on and on. So I thought I'd planned it out in the basket, you know, in sections while I got out there. And those saddlebags were not as big as my proportions actually judged when I had the basket. So I'm trying to load up these saddlebags and all these kids are looking at me in the line, you know, they're all on their cell phones, stuff flowing out of my saddlebags and it was falling all over the ground. So I had to pack it all up in my backpack. Tell us about how you rode your bike away from the supermarket. <sighs> I did ride it. I did. I actually got on the bike. I, I Stuff was spilling out of these saddlebags. And, you know, everybody's cheering me on and stuff. I just wanted to look like a pro. I, I didn't want to look like a tourist, a dumb tourist. I wanted to look like a local. Like, I did this all the time. Got 100 feet away from the store. And I thought I was going to have to push that bike. It was so heavy. I, I got it home. I got that bike home in the wind. I got that bike home. <laughs> Woo! To Zoom or not to Zoom? So I'm sitting here thinking how many other people are stumbling through Zoom meetings right in this moment. Shit, I hate this. I hate the way my voice sounds. So, like, squeaky and pinched like a teenager or some weird, awkward geek. I'm an engineer. I've got a master's. What the hell is wrong with me? Look at them. I hate their smug faces like they're all cool with this shit. And I'm sweating under my stupid blazer. I know, I know, somehow the entire universe is comfortable in a casual shirt. But I have standards. I don't want to get sloppy. It makes me feel more normal, as weird as that sounds. Maybe I'm just hiding. I don't know. I just want to kiss my boyfriend. I want to hug my mom. Fuck this. What about the dog? Neighbors, please, please, please. People out walking our block, don't reach over the fence to pet my dog. Your face mask is nice, but <laughs> hello? You're too close. And you're touching him. And guess what? Now I have to go give him another freaking bath. So please, when you're marching down the street and you're looking into people's yards because you're bored, we're all bored, don't reach over and pet their dogs. Or cats, for that matter. Or touch my kid on the head. Use your brains, people. Alone in the universe, isolation has totally gotten under my skin. I live alone, I work alone, and now I'm at home alone all the time. So when I can't take it anymore and I have to get out, I feel so excited to see other people that I literally have to clamp my hand across my mouth to stifle the urge to yell, Hey, other person across the street, how are you? Yeah, me. Do you want to know how I am? Hi. Observations. I've been thinking about this and making observations to share. For me, the hardest part is not knowing how long this separate life is going to last. And now, with the talk about opening up, I wonder how much I will be able to embrace increasing the risk. I think we'll be wearing masks for some time to come, and I hope I will be able to get a pedicure soon. I've noticed that most people I see are getting more and more pale. I've noticed that most cars I see have not been washed. I notice that most people I see without masks are young. 
I've noticed that almost everyone I see needs a haircut. You know, in so many ways, it seems like we are all going through this together, but I'm reminded that not everyone is as lucky as I am. Sheltering at home may be a nightmare for some. Affording to acquire things to help entertain is not possible for many. Having to take mass transit as the only option for some, and for myself, I, I can't even imagine getting on a bus. Keeping the larder stocked is a luxury for most of us. Knowing that so many of our neighbors are struggling is depressing. I've noticed that digital socializing has grown exponentially. I talked to a friend this morning who attended a virtual funeral yesterday. I talked to my oncologist last week who said that delivering bad news over a virtual doctor's visit is really, really difficult. I've enjoyed numerous virtual happy hours and truly appreciate them as it helps me to feel connected. I have had virtual family visits with family members who have not engaged with family for quite some time. It's been really nice to spend time with family, but also requires a lot of patience because the pandemic has not changed the same old family dynamics, as always. I had a first appointment with a physical therapist and was impressed that the virtual circumstance did not blunt my experience. I've noticed that friends on Facebook and Insta are uploading many more photos of everyday life. It's a way to feel connected and that we are not alone, even if we are alone. On the whole, I feel good, in touch with friends and family and optimistic that we will be able to get back to a normal life and hoping very much that the lessons learned will lead to a better, healthier people living on a better, healthier planet. We'll be right back with more stories after this. Follow us on Instagram at hashtag love in the time of COVID-19 podcast or at Sissy Sierra's Voice ATX. On Facebook, you can go to Sissy Sierra Restory Podcast to see what the community is up to. To get the latest episodes, you can find us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. And now, more of episode one. This one's entitled, Crying in the Bathroom. I feel so alone. I can't believe I'm writing this. Never mind sending it in to be read. It makes me a little embarrassed, even though it's anonymous. But anyway, I have no one, no one, to talk to about this. Because my husband and his cousin, who got stuck here when the world went upside down, and our two kids are always around. And really, I just, I cannot talk to these two guys about anything else right now. I can just feel the inner eye roll when I tear up or try to talk about anything deep. It happens every day now. I go in the bathroom, put on the fan, and let myself cry into a towel for five minutes. Uh, I time it. I have to. I don't want to explain. It's just too much effort. My best friend died six months ago, and my other friends are neck deep in their own lives, their own kids, you know, their own worries. So yeah, alone. I wrote that word in all caps so it would be spoken with the right urgency and utter desolation that makes me even write this. I am immediately guilty. I mean, I have a nice home, job. We both have our jobs, and really, what do we have to feel so freaking stressed out about? But I am. Some days it's okay. I take my toddler around the hood and try to act normal listening to a podcast with my mask on and a scarf around her face. And then I heard that this was probably going to be the norm for at least another year until a vaccine is available. I mean, wow, that made me drop to the floor of the bathroom tonight instead of on the tub ledge where I usually perch for my after-dinner cry. How will I find the courage? 
Not for them. That's easy. For me. Life is simpler. What I've noticed about this time of social distancing is how much simpler life seems. For sure, I'm feeling the struggle in many ways, but there are fewer choices. I have so many clothes, so many options. Deciding what to wear could be stressful, but now since I'm doing online therapy, it's a lot easier. The only decision I have to make is to pick a top that doesn't wash me out, nothing too loud or distracting. The bottom part of me, ripped jeans and slippers. Last week, I wore the exact same sweater every single day. Why? Because the color was just right, and it felt like too much to pick another. Easy. For once, I feel my vanity taking a back seat. This one came to me from online. It's an assault from all sides. It's not just that we're afraid we're all going to get sick, or family or friends are going to get sick and possibly die. That in and of itself is plenty of stress. We're all in the same boat whether one works for a bank or in fast food. Interesting dynamic, isn't it? Hitting everybody across the socioeconomic spectrum the same way. Human touch. Like most people, I have had a lot of thoughts, but it comes down to this. I was taken aback by how abruptly human touch would fall away. It is, after all, a touchstone of what makes us know that we are loved. However, I have noticed that in the absence of touch, there is an abundance of kindness. So that's what I've been mulling over during this pandemic. I miss my friends. If quarantine lasts much longer, I may have to take up knitting or some kind of crafting. Transformation. I heard recently that the world is like a ball of yarn. Pull on one end and the entire thing unravels. Any thought of separateness is seen for exactly what it is now. Unreal. A lie fear-based. We're all interconnected. Never in my lifetime have we ever gone through the same thing the rest of the world is at the same time. It's really making me look at my life in a different way. Next up, Beach Stories. This in for my good friend Sue Marriott. Sue, along with her partner Ann Kelly, are the creators and co-hosts of a fabulous podcast called Therapists Uncensored. Now this from Sue. So we are from Austin, Texas, but we fled to Galveston, Texas, when we saw that the state was gonna get closed down. One of the things that really sucks about COVID is that families get separated. And I've been separated from my teenagers. Uh, and basically what ends up happening is we have these separate bubbles. So as they, uh, we're in a blended family. So when they're at their other home, that's their bubble. But then when they come here, we're the bubble. And so it's really strange to feel like either you're violating someone's norms or boundaries by just existing, or that your child coming in is somehow dangerous to your own bubble. So that was just a quick observation that I thought was kind of weird, but, um, and really uncomfortable. It's one of the more uncomfortable things of the whole thing. So here we are in Galveston, Texas, and there's signs everywhere that says, watch out for the snakes, right? And uh, my partner and I, and Kelly, Sue Marriott, we are part of the podcast of Therapist Uncensored. And we are working from, you know, basically this, this outpost. And I'm sitting up on the balcony doing a phone session. And all of a sudden I look down and there's probably a six foot, I'm not exaggerating, 
slithering snake going through the grass. And I mean, it was so big that I had time to move my phone, to find my camera, to pull it up, to get pictures of this sucker. Uh, so it changed everything when I actually saw the snake versus just we're, we're seeing signs, beware of the snakes. And part of why this is important is we have these dogs that look like little jackalopes or antelopes where they bounce in the brush, like hearing or smelling something. And, you know, they're a little, one of them is a little hunter. He's the, a retriever and he wants to catch the, do, the uh, ball. So this is his nature. And we have to now keep him totally out of the brush because we see these gigantic slithering snakes on the beach. This section of stories are conversations guaranteed overheard. For most people, there will be a before and after this crisis. And for all of us, life will never be the same. What's next? So today, my darling wife tells me she doesn't know if we're supposed to be kissing. What? Where did you hear that? Stay off that website. Shifting gears to the practical. There are some interesting and funny videos going on around social media and YouTube about the change in our outward appearances. Our hair. Some people are shaving it all off and frankly, the ones who do look the happiest. What did I just hear? In another few weeks, because it's already been five. Not only will most of us be suffering from hair trauma, which will become a therapy thing, I'm sure, and may be covered by insurance. We should look into that. But more cosmetic secrets will be revealed. Think of it. Most middle-aged people, no, not just women, will start to look a little on the angry side. Uh, yeah. We're talking about no Botox. Ha! And ouch! Not ready to be that natural. Speaking of hair... I heard a woman say that she heard about a desperate person who put her hair out through the mail slot in her front door and then had her hairdresser come over, sit on the porch, and cut it for her. Yikes. Someone else in the neighborhood was offering drive through Botox. I mean, how does that even work? And if she can do it, why do we not have more testing right in the neighborhoods? I love this. Our neighbors have begun banding together when shopping for necessities. I heard at a lawn chair happy hour that people can't visit, touch, or even see their kids or their grandchildren. The kids won't understand why, and it's gut-wrenching when they happen to see them in the neighborhood. Can't go to them, can't explain. Good God. This virus, well, it's like a hurricane without wind. A fire with no flame. My cousin had a good idea. Just a thought. Why don't some of you people who've emptied the grocery store shelves of toilet paper, water, Lysol, hand sanitizer, and baby wipes be a decent human being, since you now have more supplies than you could use in a year? Make up a care package for that 90-year-old lady who lives next door on a fixed income. Bag her up some of this stuff and put it on her porch. And when she inevitably catches you doing it and asks you why, look her straight in the eye and simply say, I just want you to know that you're going to be okay. You know, you think you're afraid? How do you think these vulnerable elderly people feel? Let's all please spread a little love and human kindness. I have some very special, unique seniors that I've been working with, and they would like me to Skype with them to help keep them fit. We work with bands, lightweights, and balls. We work out in functional movement to keep them living independently. 
My husband and I are looking to have a date night tonight, i.e. pick up a fancy dinner curbside and have a picnic on our driveway while the kids eat spaghetti and watch Netflix inside. Can you all please recommend some good restaurants that are doing curbside right now? We have a few, but wonder, where else? Hi, I'm Stephanie, 27, New York City. Here's my story. I have two roommates. One of them moved away, and I got a new roommate. The quarantine commenced, and one of my roommates has an uncle in Hawaii, so she flew there, which I totally get. I would, too, if I had an uncle in Hawaii. The second roommate was is a boy named Elliot from the UK. I had never met him until he moved in two Saturdays ago, which was the first day we were quarantined. So here I am, about to be quarantined, just me and this guy I just met, and it's the only person I'm going to see for a while. At first, it was kind of... I don't know, it's kind of awkward because we both know like, well, this is who, who I'm only spending my time with for a while. But, you know, I just took it one day at a time and slowly we developed this weird rhythm. And, you know, he texted me when it was time to wake up to get coffee. We'd walk to get our coffee, the one outing of the day back when we could leave two weeks ago. He was a pastry chef, so he would make cookies on Thursdays. We developed this routine and it made me kind of realize like how potentially an arranged marriage could work. This guy and I really have nothing in common. I mean, I can be friends with a rock, but you know, you wouldn't think we'd be able to spend this much time together. It's kind of like going on a vacation with someone, but yeah, I just, you know, it started feeling like my husband. Like by the end of the second week, like he'd leave his water cups out and I'd like do the dishes for them. And I just got like a taste of what that would feel like and kind of understanding that you could technically figure out how to cohabitate with anyone. So all that to say, I kind of got used to it. I liked it. I looked forward to our, our weird days together. And then last Saturday, he's a friend from upstate who was like, come to my cabin. And he doesn't know anybody in New York. And I can't imagine moving here and getting quarantined. Like, that's crazy. I would pull up Google Maps and show him like, this is what you could do. So suddenly he was gone. And I was left with just myself in this apartment. And I think two years ago, I could never have done this. I could never be alone with myself like this at all. And, you know, I, I honestly was scared and I wasn't scared because I felt bad at the time. I was scared of how potentially I would feel, which I think is a really interesting, you know, idea. But, you know, I've done a lot of work on myself in the last two years and it's been it's been beautiful. And it's like I do have a roommate and it's me. Like it's myself. It's my mind. Like I've really learned how to enjoy spending time with myself. I don't feel alone because I'm present and I'm able to be present and get out of my head. I'm able to, you know, be roommates with the birds outside, with my books, with my balcony, with, with my ideas, not worries, not anxiety. So, you know, this, you know, it's only been a month that we're quarantined, but I've already had like a lot of experiences and how they're different and who knows what will happen moving forward, but I'm taking it one day at a time. So I don't have to live in fear of what if I get anxious tomorrow? What if I, I revert back to who I used to be and how I was? And, you know, the last thing I can really think here is I'm just so grateful for creativity and for human beings who are creative, like this project here, like the fact that we're all trying to find solidarity within creativity and inviting other people to participate in creativity with us. That's what's carrying us through. And that's absolutely beautiful. Thank God for people who can sew. Isn't it amazing that so many wonderful, selfless people are either adding masks making to their already loaded workday or switching their daily work over to it? It looks like we'll be wearing them everywhere for quite a while, so this caring community of seamstresses are no doubt saving lives and making all of us feel a little safer. 
There are so many fun, practical, even whimsical designs that I'm seeing everywhere. My fave so far is the bra cup version. Can't wait to see a guy sporting one of those. Black lace, anyone? I'd love to hear about your favorites. And please send pictures so we can post them on Facebook. Thanks so much for listening to the episode. This project is giving me the courage to move forward creatively. And for that, I thank all of our contributors, our listeners, and the sites where we all connect. We're all navigating and enduring one of the oddest, most frightening seasons in our collective lives. If you have a burning desire to rant, a story to share, advice to give, join the chorus of thousands of your friends, neighbors, total strangers, and colleagues. Because this podcast is about you. Join our community and add your voice, your story to the expanding collage. Here are some suggested themes to help you frame your stories. How are you coping with the unknown? What is good, bad about the isolation right now? What has touched you the most about the changes to your daily life? If you're isolating in a place with other people, what's that like for you? How do you feel about connecting with friends and family via video? If you're not listening to this on my website, please click the link to go to the podcast page where you can sign up for the mailing list. And if you click on the sidebar, you can record a story right on the page. Please join our community and send in either audio or a written story. You can also send me a story at info at sissysierro.com. Be safe. <laughs>